The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey. We're glad to have you with us today, and we're going to be talking about a topic that I think touches every person out there, whether they believe it or not. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I've had some people tell me, yeah, it just doesn't apply to me, but I, later, <laughs> you can say, yeah, it really kind of does. <laughs> and what we're talking about- You're not about, mentioning any names, Sam. I'm, I'm not. Sorry. I'm not. Um, I'm talking about the topic of woundedness. Now that sounds like something, you know, what would, what's that even mean? And so I'm going to ask the gentleman that's with me today. Um, we've got Robbie and Vinny in the studio. Al's not here. And so Vinny, I'm going to start with you. If someone came up and said, what do you mean by being wounded? I, I'm not bleeding. There's nothing going on here. What do you mean by that? To me, I would take it as being, describe it as being hurt. Uh, either missing something like, when we get into the show, what wounded me, and I live with it to this day. Uh, but it, it's hurt. Mm-hmm. It's hurt. It's hurt. Robbie, what about you? Well, it's kind of like when you're going through life and, you know, somebody says something to you unexpected and it just absolutely floors you and you can't figure out why. Right. It either sends you. You can be pull over on the side of the road crying because you heard a song and you do not understand the emotion. You know there's something broken in there, but mm-hmm. you sometimes can't put a finger on it. What is that? Or I get outrageously furious about something that I know is not a big deal, but I can't stop the fact that it just makes me absolutely furious. Mm-hmm. And it tells me, wow, Robbie, I bet there's a wound that, that, that there's something going on here. It's time to check under the hood. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess I look at it, you know, not as much physical wounds, obviously, but different degrees of wounds, just like there are physical wounds. You know, maybe I jam my finger, that's a wound, but, you know, I'm going to get past that pretty quickly. You know, that could be maybe a small offhand comment that really made, didn't make my day go well. And then there's some things that happen that's really just hard to ever move past. Maybe they happen to you when you're a kid, you know, or something happened in a marriage or whatever that looks like, but it, it just affects you whether you see it or not long term. And it changes the way you look at yourself sometimes, how you look at others, and definitely changes a lot of times how you look at God. And so we're going to talk about woundedness, but I want to go to a clip pretty quickly. And this is from the movie Austin Powers, uh, the first one. And in this one, they're in a counseling session, and it's uh, it's uh, Dr. Evil, played by Mike Myers, and his son. And they're going to their first group counseling session. And I want you to listen and say, is there any wounding going on here from father to son? Or is there any wounding that comes out as the conversation goes through? We have some newcomers here today with us. Say hello to Scott and his father, Mr. Avil? Evil, actually. Dr. Evil. So, Scott, why don't we start with you? What brings you here with us today? Well, I just really met my dad for the first time five days ago. I was partially frozen his whole life. That is beautiful that you can admit to that. 
that he comes back and, and now he wants me to take over the family business. But Scott, who's going to take over the world when I die? Listen to the words he used. Who's going to take over the world when I die? Feels like that to some of us sometimes, doesn't it? <laughs> so, what do you want to do, Scott? I don't know. I was thinking I like animals. Maybe I'd be a vet. An evil vet? No. Maybe like work in a petting zoo. An evil petting zoo? You always do that! This is what I'm talking about. Okay, well, we've heard from you, Scott. Now, uh, you, tell us a little about yourself. The details of my life are quite inconsequential. Oh, no, please, please. Let, let's hear about your childhood. Yeah, okay. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. Very well. Where do I begin? My father would womanize, he would drink, he would make outrageous claims like he invented the question mark. Sometimes he would accuse chestnuts of being lazy. My childhood was typical. Summers in Rangoon, luge lessons. In the spring, we'd make meat helmets. When I was insolent, I was placed in a burlap bag and beaten with reeds. Pretty standard, really. Sorry. <laughs> I can't listen to that without laughing. So, so Robbie, there's a little bit of wounding that you can kind of hear there <laughs> in that clip. So what's some of the wounding that you're hearing is, is that clip played? The neat thing about that clip is it, it really helps with my own um, processing or trying to get breakthrough on, because it, it's funny when you think about your life as you, when you were a kid, that that's a little over the top, but it's so true because, mm -hmm. you know, I attempted suicide when I was 16 and that seemed just totally normal to me. You know, mm -hmm. just the inconsequential, normal stuff, you know, I <laughs> placed in a burlap bag <laughs> and beaten with reeds, yeah. you know, and, and, and I can remember, you know, different people telling me, well, you know, I just had the normal childhood, you know, my dad would, you know, drag me behind the car or whatever it was. And you're sitting there thinking, what are you, what are you talking about this normal, but you know, normal is normal to, to the person. And, and, you know, it's, it, there may be some pretty serious wounding that goes with normal, Sam, you know? Oh yeah. Well, we were talking before the show, you know, a little bit about my dad, actually, just not even about wounding, but talking about, you know, just kind of the normal thing would be if we got a spank and it wasn't with his hand, it'd either be with a belt or, um, you know, a horse whip and, you know, and, and to us that was normal, you know? And, but you know, and didn't seem over the top, but for some people, obviously that would. And so as you listen to that clip, you've got Dr. Evil that's wounding Scott, right? And so how is Dr. Evil wounding Scott in that? What's, what's he doing to him to hurt his heart or to put him in a place of where it's very painful for him? Bringing him back to a memory mm -hmm. that he just didn't want to think about. And, that almost wants, uh, I want to clarify what I meant by hurt. I didn't mean physical right. hurt. I meant a hurt that lasts, you know, and it just creeps into your mind. It could be when you're, you know, 40 years past or 30. In my case, it's a lot longer. Uh, but hurts are something that the longer you deal with it, for me anyway, the worse it seems to get. Mm -hmm. I can't deal with it. You know, why did I do this? Uh, just a quick story. I had 
an uncle, Uncle Al. Uh, he was the only one that would play ball with me, catch with me, you know, and that stuff. And uh, we were very tight. And he was sick. He smoked like a fiend. And my mom called me. We was in the middle of putting together a, a discotheque, opening up a discotheque. And says, Uncle Al is not doing good. Come to the hospital. Because I was his favorite, as mm -hmm. Papa Angelo was mine. And, Mom, I can't, you know, I can't do it. And she says, you go, you better, your aunts are going to be angry. Well, I didn't. And Uncle Al died that night. Mm -hmm. That is a hurt. Because I cried like a little baby. I was in my 40s. You know, and knowing what Uncle Al did with me as an uncle uh, more than my father ever did. That's one of the hurts. There's many of them when you grow up in a family like mine, and, you know, that, mm -hmm. I, that I grew up in. But go ahead. I don't want to take all the <laughs> well, time. I want to, you actually made a, a really good point that we wanted to get to right now was sometimes those wounds are brought on by our own decisions. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about where do wounds come from. One of those places are I made a bad decision and now I'm paying the consequences. And sometimes it's more than just a short-term issue. You know, I had a very similar situation with my dad. I won't tell that story today, but, you know, there's a lot of regret that kind of goes along and a lot of wounding. But, Robbie, as you listen to that clip that we just had with Dr. Evil and, and Austin Powers in the Austin Powers movie, how is, you know, uh, wounding portrayed in there. What do you have an answer to that, Sam? So I'm going to let you. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, that kind of threw you under the bus on that one. They, um, you know, really, you have the dad that's imposing his will for the son's life, a dad that's not been around, that's not been built relationship, who kind of steps in, and you know, this this boy doesn't even know what to do with this guy that's come in his life, and now he's trying to run his life. And so obviously there's going to be a lot of wounding there, probably more from the absenteeism than anything. But then as you listen to Dr. Evil's story, and, and granted these are all just made up, but they parallel life. A lot of times I don't know about the burlap bag and the meat helmet, but it, there was obviously some wounding in his life. And so you can kind of look back and say, some of these wounds kind of transfer down from generation to generation. It's just kind of the way of life of how things are lived. And, and so that's, there, there are times that just because my parents always did that, then they raised me this way, so I raised my kids this way, and on down the line. And sometimes those mm -hmm. wounds kind of go along with it. Yeah, the whole generational, you know, thing is, you know, you're going to stand in the gap and be different than your father was to you or, you know, the, or your grandfather was to him and those kind of things. And But you could see the... At, the frustration from the young, you always do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. An evil vet. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and there is the little barb yeah. that was getting, and that was what I was you know, yeah. thinking that he keeps bringing that up and that just like he keeps jabbing him, sticking him right there where it hurts. Yeah. You know, and that hurt can be, look, you weren't even here. Why are you talking to me? Right. And, and so one of those places you, you have the decisions you make, and other places, generation, generationally, they're handed down. And there was another clip that we're not going to get to in this segment, but it's on life situations. Sometimes something just happens. You know, there's a car wreck and somebody gets killed. 
you know, and all of a sudden they're not in your life anymore or somebody passes away that you didn't expect. Well, there's some real wounding that can go along with that. It's really no one's at fault, but it doesn't keep it from happening. It doesn't keep that hurt from happening and sometimes those deep agreements that you make. Right, because Satan gets in and he twists that and says, well, see, God doesn't love you. God, he's not going to be there for you. He, he's not going to come through for you in that proof. What, what do you need? What you know? Mm-hmm. And so his spin on that is taking away our freedom, and yep. which is a big reason. we got to have a boot camp, Sam. <laughs> yeah, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about Satan entering into the picture, and we'll talk about the boot camp. When we come back, we're going to talk about how do you move from that place of painful woundedness to a place of restoration and healing. So you don't want to uh, miss out, so come on back. Masculine Journey Radio is listener supported and we are very thankful for every dollar. But I wanted to take a moment to share a really easy way that you can support us. If you use Amazon to purchase things, all you need to do is go to smile.amazon.com, which is their charity contribution site. And from there, select Good Heart Ministries to support. And Amazon will donate 5% of your purchase to us. To donate or watch a video on how to do this, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. That's MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Sam Main here for Mask and Journey Radio Show. Our show often focuses on healing and freedom that's found through walking more intimately with the Father. I know no one wants to see a counselor, but often there are times I find myself stuck and needing a little bit more help. And that's why I turn to my friends at Seasons of the Heart. Kim and Catherine are experienced counselors that help you find healing through the Father. For more information on Seasons of the Heart, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. That's MasculineJourneyRadio.org. I'll show you what love sees When love looks at you Hand me the pieces Broken and bruised And I'll show you what love sees When love sees you Well, Robbie, that song is just so powerful. And we're gonna, that's going to be part of the, the solution that we talk about here in a little while. But before we do that, you were mentioning something when we left about a boot camp. Now, tell me what this boot camp thing is for the people <laughs> that don't know. Well, you know, for me and, and the men that we get an opportunity to talk to that are involved with the Masculine Journey and other ministries that we are familiar with, they often feel like, wow, is this all you have for me? God is, you know is this my place, you know, isn't there more than this to life and those kind of things. And, and it's an indication of what's calling out in their heart, this desire to be, have more freedom, to be all that God has and Mm -hmm. an invitation to life. And so these boot camps are really an opportunity for us to help, you know, kind of show where God would like to come after that desire in your heart and give you permission to be the men that you want to be a lot of ways through these wounds that we're talking about mm-hmm. today and how you break through some of that woundedness into the freedom, you know, that Christ literally d- died in order to give you. But how do you walk in that is a, the real opportunity of the boot camp. And I don't know of another thing that I'm involved with in any ministry that offers um, this kind of opportunity to go meet with God. Cause it's where the freedom mm-hmm. comes from it is. and, and in that setting and in that format and, and see what it does for men's hearts. It's awesome. 
you know, and it sounds all very serious, you know, but there are there's serious moments, obviously, but there's a lot of lightheartedness. There's a lot of laughter. There's a lot of camaraderie. You know, men can only stay serious for so long, you know, and then something has <laughs> to change. We're going to go blow something up. And yeah, shoot or something, some yeah. bodily function is going to happen <laughs> of some sort. And, you know, it's just guys. And so, you know, we do have a lot of those things. But, Robbie, you made a point of um, what was I designed for? And that's what men really carry with them. And I want to go to a clip pretty quickly from The Lion King. Because we want to talk about when Satan enters in to that broken place. And so let's just listen to it. And what this is, is Simba's dad has gotten killed by a pack of wildebeest, I think it was. And Simba, um, his uncle Scar has led Simba to believe that he was responsible for it. And so let's just kind of listen to how this plays out. Simba, what have you done? There were wildebeest and he tried to save me. It was an accident. I didn't mean for it to happen. Of course, of course you didn't. No one ever means for these things to happen. But the king is dead. And if it weren't for you, he'd still be alive. (gasps) What will your mother think? What am I going to do? Run away, Simba. Run. Run away and never return. So, Robbie, you've you've seen Lion King, I'm assuming. Yeah, right. Many times. Okay, well, I thought I you had. I, d- I didn't want. Th- I didn't want to throw you, you know, in the, in the loop here. So, what was Simba being groomed for from his dad? Now, Simba was the the Lion King. It was kind of the going to take over the the pride. He was he was designed, as we were talking about, to be. You know, he was the prince. He was the one who would someday take over the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, but his uncle um, was jealous, and and he plays that well of of usurping the real king. There is what he's doing, and you know, changing his heart towards his own behavior, and, and he's making a great accuser. I mean, it's a great picture of what Satan does. Mm-hmm. And then the problem is that Simba agrees with it, right? And Simba doesn't know, but he himself is walking into his own trap. Absolutely. You know, and you hear in that, the this, this Satan figure in the uncle, he never raises his voice. It's just very subtle, very calming almost. But it's the accusation. It's the stealing of what you were meant to be. And, and the enemy doesn't like what he sees in you. The enemy doesn't see those good things things he doesn't like to see him he doesn't like to see that reflection of god in you and he tries to hammer it out of you and that's what we had in this clip is simba was to be king and so scar steps in and gets him to run away and not be what he was called to be now luckily for simba later in the story rafiki comes into the picture and helps lead him back into that place but that's really what on the boot camp what happens on a lot of times is you know, God enters in to help us with these wounds and helps us find on the other side of that some of those answers we've been looking for. Yeah, and that beautiful scene where Simba looks in the in the pool and gets to his father, you know, you're not who you, you know, you've forgotten who you are. Yeah. And that's what's happened to so many of us is we've forgotten who are, that we are, but through the boot camp and through, you know, it's God coming after mm-hmm. us in a lot of ways. We have an opportunity to see what it was that we were designed to which, by the way, you go to masculinejourneyradio.org and you can register. There's plenty of time because it's coming up April 28th 
through yeah. May the 1st. You definitely don't want to miss out on this. It's a, it's three and a half days, and it will be a lot of fun. But I promise you, God will meet you there, and it'll be very impactful in your life. And it's it's not churchy. You know, I'm not being down on churches, but a lot of times people don't want to go to a retreat because it feels like it's just going to be a three-day church service. Right. Th- this is kind of the opposite of that. You know, it's not opposite, but it's it's not that. You know, but it is something that's really pretty powerful to men. Now, Vinny, you went to a couple boot camps, and you remember yeah. your first one? Oh, yeah, I remember. I didn't know what to expect, to be honest with you. I remember Robbie telling me what it was all about. And I, I just says, well, okay. Well, after the first day, you know, I became so attentive. I mean, I hadn't taken notes since I was in high school, (laughs) you know. And there I was sitting next to the water there when we had the quiet time after people were speaking. In fact, Sam and uh, a couple other fellas spoke. And I had the greatest time sitting down on that bench writing down what I just heard Mm -hmm. Uh, because it entered me. I was listening and I'm saying, hey, wait a minute, this ain't boot camp. I thought it was going to be like, you know, okay, you're in the army now, you know. And, mm-hmm. But in a way it was, but only though the general was God. Mm-hmm. And just it just took me, yeah, I wasn't prepared for it. To hear men, the, the, the talks that they were having and sharing, sharing, some good moments and bad moments in their life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's really something that all you guys out there, if you have the time, come on and and you will not be disappointed. It's mm-hmm. a great great weekend. And ladies, you can always sign your husband up and send him. That worked out for Al. Yeah, his yeah. wife got it. You know, said I heard about it. my husband needs this. You mm-hmm. know, he's been sitting on the couch, and uh, we need to get him back in the game and. And, and, you know, so the whole Akuna Matata thing, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of men are out there Akuna Matata, and, but that wasn't what they were designed for. And if you haven't seen Lion King, it'll, it'll give you the answer if you go watch that for Akuna Matata. What? Um, is that some kind of a sandwich? Or? It means no worries. It means no worries. Till the end of your days. Yeah. Don't start singing, Robbie. Um, so it's a problem for <laughs> philosophy. As we kind of go back, you know, Vinny had pointed out that sometimes – this woundedness comes from our own decisions. We talked about that it can be generationally, if I could say that word, generationally handed down from person to person. You have life situations that come up that kind of rob us from it. We talked about maybe a car wreck or somebody passing away. But then you have the enemy that likes to throw that gasoline on that small spark and really get it roaring in your life. And that's what we just heard. But what about you know, if I really try hard to be a, you know, a good dad, I don't want to wound my kids. You know, maybe I want to be a little bit better than, than them. Does that keep them from being wounded, Robbie? No, no. no. And, and we're going to listen to a couple of clips on that. And I don't think you'll, you've probably heard it on the radio with us before, but if you haven't heard it, I think it's going to surprise you a little bit about how the dad was really standing up for his kids. But let's listen to the first part. It's from Everybody Loves Raymond. And it's when the guys have been going to counseling is what they've been telling their wives, and they've been going to the horse track to gamble. All right, so so what's going to be our breakthrough for today? Okay, let's see. The last thing I told the wives is that we were working on dad's withholding of affection when we were kids. Good, good. And how it impacted negatively on us. Um, For instance, 
whenever I did something, I always felt that dad was disappointed in me. Not to mention the neglect and verbal abuse. Okay. So what can we say as to why you were like, uh, you know, unreceptive to our needs and stuff? Right, right. Uh, why was I like that? Because you two were a couple of monkeys. Okay. I think that might be the verbal abuse you're talking about, Robert. No. You know, I've been thinking about this since last week. You know what you two's problems were? You took all that abuse stuff personally. Of course we took it personally. You're our father. <laughs> So, Robbie, in there, you got the boys that definitely have some woundedness going on, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> some verbal abuse, and yeah, yeah. Hmm. You can see that they've been hurt, but that's personal. Absolutely. And if you've watched the show Everybody Loves Raymond, that's Frank's persona all the time. You know, he's not very kind, not very grace-oriented, you know, and you get this image of just this really, really cold person. But I'm going to go ahead and go into the second part of the clip. Because I want you to hear the rest of the story real quick. You know, I've been thinking about this since last week. You know what you two's problems were? You took all that abuse stuff personally. Of course we took it personally. You're our father. It was just business. This isn't exactly what they call the triumph of analysis. What else you got? What else you got? Uh, how about uh, you were withdrawn from your relationship with us because your father was like that with you? That's great. Very good, Raymond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, it's like what you were talking about the other day. I'm kind of a lousy dad because of him. So so I just back it up one more to Grandpa Joe. Yeah, yeah. And, and his dad was the worst. My Grandpa Sal. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Grandpa Sal, very scary. My dad used to tell me horrible stories about how his father used to hit him when he wasn't hitting me. Grandpa Joe hit you? Sure. I got hit every day. Wow, Dad. I didn't know that it was like that for you. It was like that for everybody. That's just the way it was. So so your dad's dad hit him, he hit you, and you never really hit us. I couldn't. I don't know. I was always weaker than him. Maybe you didn't want to be like him. As you listen to that, Robbie, we got just a little bit of time to wrap up, but Frank was really trying to stand in the gap. Yeah, he was. You know, he never hit his boys, and but all Raymond and Robert could see is what was coming at him. Now, Frank wasn't a perfect dad. And so no matter if we try to be perfect fathers out there or perfect mothers, we're going to hurt our kids, you know, and all we can do is lead them back to Jesus. And that's really where the answer is, is to lead them to Jesus and let him enter into that place with you. And you can get healing and move past this for once in your life because it will keep dragging you down. And, and the more we process this, the more breakthrough we get, you know, the better we can be for our kids. Absolutely.